Advocate Paza, uh, Jimmy Ndwa Ngandwe is my guest, Advocate of the High Court in South Africa. Advocate, I want to thank you for joining us this evening and uh, lending us of your wisdom and insights uh, in our attempt to better understand the Constitution. Good evening to you. Good evening, Obi. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, uh, Advocate. Uh, thank you very much for asking. Let me. Uh, good evening to your listeners as well. Indeed. Let and me your also. Other, your other guest. Indeed. Let's uh, 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 let's introduce uh, Tony Setchell. He's a former public prosecutor and magistrate and legal representative. Uh, but Tony, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate your time once again. Hi, Obs. Thank you for welcoming uh, me and uh, to Council Paja. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Advocate Paja, where does the Constitution get its supremacy from? Where does it get its power from? Uh, and what is the nature of that power? Uh, first of all, the Constitution, you'll remember, the, the, the Supreme Constitution of the land started as a, an interim constitution and uh, it metamorphosed into what it is now, the 1996 Constitution, which some call the final Constitution. You're asking the piercing question, where does it get its power from? It can only get its power from the people. Remember, uh, as a constitutionalist, I'm an ardent student of constitutional law. I refuse to be called an expert of constitutional law because we learn every day. Uh, Life has got its... uh, it surprises, and and it's 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 it's, it's paradoxes, and it's uh, 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 whatever challenges. So we learn every day. The truth is, this constitution we call it the 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 final constitution, and it derives its power. And I'll tell you this: it derives its power from the people. Americans call their constitution the living constitution of the United States of America for no reason. They call it that because a constitution is a living document. We may write uh, laws and for as long as those laws do not speak to our lives and for as long as we cannot breathe life into that document, it remains a dead document. But ours I want to again say is a people's constitution. And why do I say that? It is because from the preamble, you can see the intention of the drafters and the architects of this constitution. On the preamble where they say, we, the people of South Africa, listen to this, we, the people of South Africa, that is the opening line. We, the people of South Africa, it means the people of South Africa are taking ownership of this document. It goes on to say, recognize the injustices of the past. Now we are recognizing apartheid, imperialism, and all of that. And then, honor those who suffered for justice and freedom in our land. You see, we are honoring our fallen heroes, uh, the pathfinders, torchbearers, uh, 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 and all of that, and heroes and heroines, of course. And then it says, believe that South Africa... Now, this is what is important for your program. Believe that South Africa belongs to all who live in it. All who live in it. United in our diversity. You understand? 
So I, I understand the is, words. I understand the words, yeah. advocate. And and, and yeah. perhaps let me quickly jump in, uh, yeah. uh, uh, so that I qualify my question a little bit more. Yes. Um, I sit down today and I write a document and I say we, the people of South Africa, believe that this, this and that, we should uh, drink a lot of beer. Uh, we, the people of South Africa, believe that we should crash our cars and pee on the wall. Um, the fact that it's got that we on it and it has all sorts of wonderful sentiments on it that a couple of us might agree upon, uh, how do I get to say that it is a document that represents the will of all South Africans if, uh, if it was written by me and my friends? Advocate Paja? Oh, I've lost Advocate Paja for some reason. Perhaps this is a good moment to bring in Tony Seschel. Tony, I, I know that I'm being a little bit uh, dramatic, right? But I, I suppose you get the, the reason why I'm going it that way. We have a people, a group of people since 1994 who sat together, most of them politicians, and they drafted this interim constitution that became the real constitution, as Advocate Paja says. And the understanding or what is constantly said is that the people of South Africa have given this document the power. But as you very well know, Bratoni, on this show, I get a lot of South Africans who say that this constitution does not represent me. Uh, how is it that the constitution, constitution is said to have the power of the people when in fact the people that wrote it was a select group of people who some would argue, came from a particular strata of society and would have shared a particular understanding of reality and that it is not a document that represents the universality of the people of South Africa. I know that I sound a little bit facetious, but please, if you can just help me go over that, that thought. No, that's a valid, that's a valid uh, issue that you're raising there, Brout. Uh, the issue here or the answer to that question, the short answer to the question, where does the Constitution get its power or legitimacy from? Uh, the short answer for me with respect is from natural law. And I will, I will elaborate on that. Yep. It, is, it, is, it is true that it also derives it from uh, the people, but it goes much further back than that. Uh, it has its roots in natural law. Now, now, uh, this, with respect, is a good starting point uh, to pick up the discussion from where we ended it yeah. last time. You yeah. recall that the issue uh, was what was the difference between natural law and natural justice? Now, you will also recall that uh, my final word with regards to that was respectfully that I alluded to the fact that natural law is totally distinguishable from the so-called natural justice, which is in some instances associated with the animal kingdom. Natural justice, for instance, uh, deals with uh, the law of the jungle, the survival of the fittest, the strongest prevailing over the weak, etc. Now, natural law is a legal term. It bears a specific meaning in law, a meaning that is devoid, perhaps, from any 
of the lifestyle or practices of animals in the jungle. Uh, it might have the label of being natural, but it is far removed from jungle justice and the shenanigans of animals in the natural world. Now, question is, what is natural law then? Natural law is the antithesis of legal positivism. It is the opposite of the regime of king legislature. It stands in direct opposition to legal positivism. And there are more differences to be pointed out between uh, uh, natural law and legal positivism later. But allow me at this stage just to interrupt myself briefly, just to shed some light on the peculiar nature of uh, justice, the concept justice and natural law. Now, natural law, like justice, has no definitive definition, no concrete definition. As I've alluded to in, in previously, uh, we've seen that uh, justice, despite numerous attempts by a vast number of scholars over centuries, it was impossible for them to positively define what concrete justice is. Justice can only be defined or rather identified, that's rather the word, by its postulates. Now, in other words, it can only be identified by its characteristics, identified by its manifestations, like the wind. We can feel the wind against our skin, we can see the effect that it has on the treetops, but we cannot see the wind. Now, the same applies to natural law and justice. In the case of justice, justice has five postulates, five characteristics, manifestations, whereby we could identify. The first uh, uh, postulate of justice is reasonableness. If we detect obedience of legal rules, and then uh, we can associate that with reasonableness and also say, because of that, there's justice. Uh, generality. The law should, for instance, consist of general rules which apply equally to all persons uh, of the same class and the same condition. If we see that, that generality, we say we associate that and we see it as a manifestation of justice. The third element uh, or postulate of justice is equality. And that's the same thing. The fourth is certainty, legal certainty. And the final one is fair process, a system of procedure where one could say and see that it was justly up, uh, applied. And then we say that's a postulate of justice. Now, natural law went through the same process as justice over centuries, and it was subjected to countless attempts of uh, to identify, definitively identify it, without any real success. The only real results that they could come up with was postulates, characteristics, or manifestation of manifestations of natural law. Now, postulates of natural law that they came up with were the principles of fairness. Uh, reasonableness, equality, the absence of bias, and good faith. Now, these postulates they found 
had forever been embedded in the psyche of mankind. And that's, that's important. And they also find that uh, these postulates found their way into the oral tradition of mankind. Now, because it was so deeply embedded and well known amongst men over centuries, you, for instance, have Grotius. He's a, a Dutch writer, judge, Dutch jurist, who said, and he wrote, that natural law is the product of the inborn reason of man, which teaches him what is just and unjust. It is eternal, importantly, and also immutable. Immutable, it is unchangeable. Now, so it also had its found its way into the oral tradition of mankind. So some scholars even went so far as to say that natural law was written in the stars and, and, and that it cannot be amended or repealed. Now, comparatively, if we look at natural law and legal positivism, uh, it uh, is uh, as follows. Uh, uh, let, me, let me just jump in, uh, 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 Bratoni. Before you go into legal legal positivism, I want you to, to, to hang ten there because I want to bring Advocate Paja back into the conversation we, whom we lost because of load shedding. As he was starting to speak, he got quad and uh, he got lost in that conversation. Advocate, you, you, were, you were still going into what you meant by the legitimacy of the constitution it's yeah. supremacy and sovereignty coming from the people i then made the uh, the remark that says well the people how because it was a bunch of politicians uh, and i suppose uh, legal experts that some people mm. might argue come from the same sort of social strata with similar mm. worldviews and ideas uh, because on a daily basis I have conversations with people that say, listen, this constitution does not speak to my customs, it does not be- speak to the way that I identify myself and the people yeah. that I consider my people. And uh, this mm. constitution speaks about we, the people of South Africa, believe that yeah. South Africa belongs mm. to all who live in it. And I, don't, and I don't believe that at United all. United in our diversity. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and the person, or many people will say, I don't believe that at all. I believe that South Africa belongs to South Africans. And, and so forth and so forth. I, I'm still yeah. interested in getting from you, what do you mean by the sovereignty and the power of the Constitution comes from the people? Which people? Now we are saying because South Africa belongs to all who live in it. These are the people. And then we are saying, and the next line, talk to the people's social contract. You understand? To say, well, we cannot, all of us, how many are we, 60-something million people in a country, agree to each and every section of the, the Constitution. We can never adopt it. That is why then the preamble goes further to say that we therefore, through our freely elected representatives, adopt this constitution as the supreme law of the republic, so as to heal the divisions of the past. I want to stop there. That is why we say 
Then the people say, well, through our ele- freely elected representatives, we adopt this constitution. You are asking a critical question. Which people? Can we say this constitution belongs to the people or it belongs to the elite, elite political representatives who said in 96 and adopted it? Now, that is where the debate becomes even more difficult because others will want to disown this constitution. Others will want to say, well, this is our constitution. Now, the question you are asking directly is, who does this constitution serve? Does it serve all of us? Is it beneficial to all of us? Is it legitimate to all of us? Does it enforce all of our rights? Now, we enter the debate as to what were the founders of the constitution thinking. But the position that has been adopted widely is the people then accept this constitution as their own. But because of the new influences uh, 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 that are coming into the body politic in the country, of course, one looks back and says, but who does this constitution say? Is it even legitimate? Does this constitution say it is okay to have a situation such as uh, 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 power cuts as I was locked down out just now because there's no electricity? Is this what the Constitution says our leaders should dish out to us? No, definitely not. But in the practical sense, challenges of governance are always going to be there. Whether you have a perfect Constitution or not, in fact, I do not know if there's anything like a perfect Constitution. But if you question the legitimacy of the Constitution, the question then is, when at, and at what point do we say this constitution is legitimate? We say that at a point where the people have said, well, this is our constitution, we agree. And then you have that, what I called earlier, uh, 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 the people's social contract. The preamble speaks to the people's social contract, not in so many ways. Because it says, now we, the people, through our freely elected leaders, adopt this constitution. Now, in the event, through governance, our multi-party democracy system, our constitutionalism, we are met with challenges. Do we then disown this constitution? No, we don't. But is there room for this constitution to be amended to meet the social, cultural, and democratic challenges of the day, there should be that mechanism. That mechanism is there, but how, how, how much of hard work does it take for anybody, any political party, political structure, to attain a qualified majority to amend this very constitution? Probably your question is coming from there, because so, the people so, on, on the ground are saying, yeah, so, 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 so I, I, I want to go back to uh, Tony, but also give our mm. listeners an opportunity to, to, to respond. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but what, I'm, what I'm understanding you to be saying... I would have wanted you to pose the similar question that you posed to Tony uh, to me so that I can get to understand the 
a contextual analysis that Tony adopted because for me, Tony went on to debunk the jurisprudential approaches of constitutionalism and all of those 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 uh, uh, issues. You understand? No, I don't. So that I, 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 I don't know. Thing. I don't know what yeah. jurisprudential approaches, but I'm I'm, I'm sure we're going to get uh, the. That that was philosophy. To me, what Tony correctly pointed out was the philosophical approach. Absolutely. You understand? But I would have wanted to understand the question that you had posed so that I may be on the same page. So so I'm looking for all of the approaches. so so, So that we can have a better grasp of this entity called the Constitution that has so much power over us. So So... So uh, as you think about uh, the question that I'm now going to pose to you is, mm. it appears to me that this entity, the Constitution, mm. with all of its yeah. power, mm. rests on very nebulous foundations. Mm. In that it sounds to me like you have expressed, and Tony has expressed, that mm. there are ideas that underpin the constitution that are themselves highly contestable and, deba- and debatable. And the, question, Absolutely. and the question that then becomes, how can we trust the constitution mm. to be a mm. deliverer of justice if itself stands mm. on a foundation and pillars that are uh, quite, quite uh, uh, weak. I want you to think about that, uh, uh, advocate. No, let, let me quickly. No, just no, 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 don't, 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 don't. I want you to think about because it. Because I'm going to lose this thought. I think all maybe right, we right. should have started there. What is con- what is this constitution? What is a constitution? Let me just answer that question very quickly. Okay, in, in, in less than a minute. Yeah. To my first year students, Northwest University, they'll, they'll tell you, including the University of South Africa. Yeah. I would walk in and say, what is the constitution? What is constitutional law? I lectured constitutional law. Yeah? Now, when we say constitutional law, constitutional, let's take constitutional. What is to constitute? To constitute is to put together. To put together something. You understand? To create a foundation for something. The narrow sense of constitution is that it is this booklet that we are talking about, right? That's the narrow sense of the meaning. Now, when we say constitution, the broader sense, it means how our government is structured, how our laws are delineated, what rights do we recognize and protect, where we say everyone is entitled to equal protection and benefit of the law. Now we're talking constitution in the broad sense, not just a booklet. You understand? Now right. I understand you. D- yeah. D- d- uh, advocate, I'll let, let, let me, yeah, let's, let's, let's leave it at that. And, and, and then let me mm. just take two calls from listeners and then go back to Bratoni as he unravels the philosophical for us. Uh, Siga in uh, Sky City. Good evening to you, Siga. Uh, good evening, my brother. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Siga. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I want to ask Advocate Pasha when he says uh, the Constitution has an ownership of everyone as it reflects uh, the word we that when uh, did the people who created this Constitution 
consulted us post-1994 or even before when this constitution was, 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 was uh, introduced. Because we, we, we only see a document, we were only told that this is the constitution of the republic, but without any consultation. Number two, uh, how does it provide laws that delivers justice? Uh, the, 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 the very same way, which at the end of the day includes everyone who lives in it, out of the preamble, it talks about black and white. Uh, uh, objectively speaking, uh, Advocate Pasha knows how this country, how this uh, land in this country was, uh, was taken from the black people. Now, is there any justice that at the end of the day, after you have dispossessed land, then you come up and say the constitution is providing a, 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 a delivering justice. Is that justice? Thank you. Siga in uh, Sky City. Brabeni, you join us. Uh, we thought you, you would be joining us uh, in the next panelist, panelist conversation, but uh, you're always welcome. Your thoughts, Brabeni? My brother, how are you? Very well. Go ahead, Brabeni. Let me greet the two councillors very quickly. Um, perhaps there, there, there are two matters that I just want to read very quickly, and I'll be short. Um, the Constitution, it's not a, a cutting stone. Um, secondly, it's under constant review. So what we do in Parliament, basically, um, we have a constitutional review committee, and we see from time to time uh, um, as, 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 and we talk to the uh, uh, MPs around matters that must be amended or reviewed in the constitution. In fact, let me give you a simple example. When I reviewed section six of the constitution to, to introduce sign languages uh, uh, the 12th, uh, 13th, um, let me say the, 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 the next official language, 12th official language, uh, we made sure that when we review section six, we would be able to say, okay, we will take section six as it stands, but create a section in the Use of Official Languages Act to enforce, okay, as a, a, a mechanism of enforcement of that particular issue of making sign language the 12th official language. So you see, it, it, it's under constant review. The same applies. If, if I take you back to the Hulgum case, Section 26 was special, Section 28 clearly states uh, that these are the inalienable rights that need to be uh, um, put together in order to protect children, women, persons with disabilities, and older persons. So the Hrubgum case simply says the state must take reasonable and necessary measures to ensure that vulnerable groups access basic services. And that applied to those three sections. Now, just to say to you, perhaps, the courts have now introduced what is called transformative constitutionalism, which means that when you apply the aspects of the law in the decisions, in the strategies of the courts, you must be able to uh, apply it in a transformative manner. Okay, You are transforming society through the constitution. So the court also derives those powers and applies those powers legally in, in order to be able to uh, ensure that the people are able to access basic 
service. But if I understand, now, if I understand you correctly, Brabeni, and yes. somebody's going to say I'm interjecting, but uh, I, no, I, no, again, no I'm interjecting for reasons of clarity. I'm absolutely. I, are you saying to me that the legislative process, mm-hmm. in other words, what happens in the courts, yes. the experiential um, interpretation of a piece of legislation, happens mm-hmm. in a court, but it is dependent on a political process? Uh, no, it doesn't depend on the political process. Remember, the Constitution uh, is, is, a, is, a, is an independent document. So, so, court, so, so are you saying to me that that we don't need a two-thirds majority to amend something no, in the do, Constitution? You do. You do. I'm, I'm saying, remember, the Constitutional Review Committee sits in Parliament. Okay, yeah. But if there's a matter that needs to be... Um, uh, debated. It goes to the uh, uh, two sittings of the houses, NCOP and the National Assembly. And all of them vote. And if there's a two-thirds majority, then obviously the constitution can be able to be changed. So, Unless so, so, so you are agreeing with me that... So, so, so you are agreeing with me that whatever yes. happens in the courts must mm-hmm. first be facilitated by a political process. Without interfering in the independence of our judiciary. Prabeni, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I've got to stop you there. I've got to stop you no, there. No, Thank no, you so no, much, no. Prabeni in Moraleta Park. Leslie, uh, in Greenside, you, you're an attorney. Uh, your thoughts? I'm, I'm just going to clarify that a little bit. Um, so the courts interpret the provisions of the Constitution without legislative intervention. The courts are free to interpret every single piece of legislation that Parliament passes in the light of the Constitution. So... So Grootboom was a case in which the Constitution was applied. And the way in which the Constitution works is that every single matter that comes before the courts must be interpreted in the life of the Constitution. But, I mean, it's a whole long, complicated thing. What I wanted to say to you was, going back to your foundational argument, right? Jurisprudence is one thing. It's a wonderful subject and all the rest of it. What we must remember, though, is that our Constitution was forged in the heat of the transition from one state to another state. That is a sociological construct, right? So a state is the entity which is the, the only legitimate and capable provider of force in an entity. So in order for a state to exist, it must be the only, it must be the only thing that exercises force. The apartheid state had complete control. It owned the army. It owned the police. It could exercise control. It was a, a, a powerful state. It gave up its power and legitimacy through the process of the vote, etc., etc., negotiations with Kadesa. And it gave that power up to a constitutional democracy which had an interim constitution. So it was a transition quite uniquely in the history of the world from one state to another state, mediated through a constitution. So our constitution really has got quite an amazing origin story and one of the few origin stories in the world not forged by a war yet. Um, when When we transitioned to that new constitution, that is the interim constitution, there were four years in which we as um, the South African community we're given the opportunity to make final sub- submissions on what would be the final constitution. Um, I'm very proud to say that I'm one of the people who was part of a, a, a tiny group of six people that made the 
submission that the words and benefits should go into the Constitution where it said that everyone should have the same rights and we put in and benefits under the law. Um, so those, there were lots of those amendments, some of them fundamental, like that one, but lots of people, lots of groups, all sorts of groups, made submissions to what would become the final constitution. And that's why, you know, Advocate Paja's right, we, we should all take ownership of this constitution. It's one of the most progressive constitutions in the world. But, but, but Leslie, um, you'll agree with me um, that there is the should and then there's the is. Right? And, 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 you, you can't mediate, you can't create a capable state by constitutionalism. All you can do with constitutionalism is force the state to behave according to the constitution insofar as it is able. And our state is not able because it is not peopled by people who can do what they're supposed to do. Looking forward to another conversation with you, Leslie, as uh, our, <laughs> Always, as, as, as our, our <laughs> producer will make, will make that happen. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Alex in uh, Piri, hi. Hi, good evening, uh, bro. Oh, thank yeah. you. Um, look, bro, I I am not a legal eagle like uh, your guest there. I'm just an ordinary person who lives in the streets of Alex, but I'm just a social observer of uh, what is going on in our world. And I am of the view that uh, this constitution is actually not the best constitution that we have in the in. Uh, or the, the best document that uh, can be able to advance our cause as the people of South Africa. Because under this constitution, perhaps, we have actually created uh, Phantom and Alex. We have millionaires and billionaires, and we have on the, on the other side those that live in abject poverty. We have created the gender-based violence. There is crime, there is corruption. There's a whole lot of things that are going on under this very same constitution. That's been loaded as the best in the world, perhaps. So I think it is actually about time that it gets thrown away or repelled, if at all, so that it can be able to cater. What order? What order, uh, 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 Piri? Do you think would be able to get rid of all of those social vices, social evils that you've spoken about? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of curious to hear from you as to what order, what social uh, compact, what Bill of Rights, yeah. other than the Constitution as we have it, would deliver the ideal that you're talking about? Yeah, uh, I think before before we had the Constitution, we had some sort of law and order that was in operation in, 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 our, in our country and in the latter Africa. Oh. So I think that is one that can actually be adopted going I, forward. I, I, I hear what you're saying, Bratoni. Um, and it really comes back to the whole issue of can the Constitution then deliver the laws that make people feel that there's justice? You heard the question about the land. Um, Piri talking about just his experience uh, from the social order that we have at the moment that he attributes to the Constitution don't know whether correctly or incorrectly so, but attributes to the Constitution uh, says that this Constitution is all a do about nothing. Uh, but I, I know there's a lot of little time. I, I, I'm still curious about that legal positivism uh, issue, uh, and maybe you can bring in all of the other things. 
But Tony? Uh, uh, let me just try and fast track this whole discussion because I see that uh, uh, we, we press with time. Yeah. Natural law, it has been codified. Uh, it was part of the, the uh, oral tradition, but it, it was extracted from the oral tradition. It was purified, sanitized, dis- distilled, and doubly matured, almost like your favorite uh, Mordra. Yeah. And, oh, <laughs> and it was reduced into writing uh, from its initial status of being the oral tradition and crystallized and codified and enshrined in the Bill of Rights. So this has always been part of us. It has always been embedded in the psyche of mankind. Because what is this? This is uh, uh, issues like fairness, like justice, like reasonableness. All that had been part of uh, the oral tradition, and it had been part. So it was then reduced into... uh, the Bill of Rights. That's why I say that the Bill of Rights is natural law on steroids. Uh, everything was reduced in that, so it has been part of us all along. It has been part of the human psyche. So it is not that the the principles and the power of the Constitution only uh, emanated from a few guys sitting there and deciding this is the Constitution. This is something that has been coming on for a long time. It has been reduced into writing and made positive written law. And that is the power and the legitimacy of our Constitution because it has codified and is there, embedded... Is there, is there no, no possibility of this... Thoroughly distilled um, product being as intoxicating <laughs> as, <laughs> as some of its comparable substances, and that's why the conf- confusion, Bratoni? It's possible, bro. But but uh, and that's that's why I, with respect, say this is where Ubuntu comes in because Ubuntu, you know, uh, natural law. Uh, in other parts of the world can be called Ubuntu. And uh, in other parts of the world, it could be called something else. But it is that human dignity is the fairness, is justice, that is eternal and unchangeable all over the globe. And that is the basis. It's universal. It remained universal. And that is the root and the authority of this universal and unchangeable yeah. principle yeah. of common humanity. And, and hence, hence, the, the, hence, hence the ideas of uh, inalienability, uh, immutability uh, uh, that we find when discussing some of these issues. I want to leave you, Bratoni, and hope that you'll agree to join us in the next next round. 
I'm hoping that Leslie will join us as we have the conversation with Bratoni and then uh, when Advocate Paja uh, uh, leads us in another conversation. So as you can see, that's how we want to have this conversation all the way up until the elections and perhaps beyond so that we can understand even the promises of our politicians as to whether or not they are constitutional, legal or just. But I want to thank you very much for joining us for the two sessions we've had. Look at, looking at you maybe for the, for, for the fifth and the sixth and uh, hoping that you'll join us next time. Advocate Paja, as we come to a close, it appears to me that the immutable, ubiquitous ideas of fairness, justice, righteousness are what the Constitution are trying to deliver through its laws to the people of South Africa. But the question was fundamentally asked on the basis of whose interpretation of what is right, fair, just and whose interpretation and you will have heard the questions that have come from the listeners and some of the submissions that they've made Uh, answer for me where does the constitution get its legitimacy as you've already attempted to to do but then are the laws then able to deliver justice given the very different experiences of South Africans in South Africa historically and otherwise? <clears throat> yes, hence I, my, my, my entry point, my point of departure was uh, South Africa belongs to all who live in it united in our diversity. The, the, the correct position is we can never all unanimously agree on a particular point or certain issues in society. But at least we can agree to a foundational principle or foundational principle outlined in the founding principles of our, our constitution, which is the groomed norm of our society. However, moving forward, we shall appreciate our differences, disagreements, and, 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 and all of that, which is why then the constitution says united in our diversity we appreciate we are diverse people we may not agree on everything but we have foundational principles as one of your 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 speakers your guests has spoken about the principle of ubuntu which is a universally appreciated principle you understand one listener says well this constitution does not serve us can we throw it away that is an attitude of saying to all of us well let us throw away the baby with the bathwater. You see, let, my attitude is simple. Let us take out our constitution, imperfect as it is, and then we'll throw away the bathwater, which is the death, which is the mischief. You understand? And then we can close this baby. What does it mean? It means we can then amend the laws. We should be able to amend the constitution. But remember, we have bound ourselves to say our laws are promulgated by our freely elected leaders. I like the point that you are pointing out. Let's have this conversation going towards the elections because we have bound ourselves to this position. Let me stop you there and try and bind yeah. you to the idea that yes. you will join us next time as we continue to have and these then, conversations. Let us agree that even Section 25 
the, the property rights, I agree, it has to change. I agree there has to be a, a, a dispossession without compensation, expropriation rather, without compensation on certain and just situations. Thank you. Advocate Paja, Jimmy Ndwanbe will join us and I'm hoping that Leslie will also be part of that panel as we continue this conversation.